Welcome to the weekly podcast of Capital Outlook from Wyoming PBS. Capital Outlook is a weekly show broadcast whenever the Wyoming legislature is in session from Cheyenne. To learn more, visit us at wyomingpbs.org. I'm Craig Blumenshine from Wyoming PBS. Join me as I sit down with Wyoming Governor Mark Gordon. We'll visit about the year just passed, what's ahead in 2022, the governor's budget that he just submitted to the Wyoming legislature, what it means to be a Republican in Wyoming, what he thinks about Wyoming's economy, and much more. All that's ahead on a special Capital Outlook, a conversation with Governor Mark Gordon. This program is supported in part by a grant from the BNSF Railway Foundation, dedicated to improving the general welfare and quality of life in communities throughout the BNSF Railway Service Area. Proud to support Wyoming PBS. Welcome to this special edition of Capital Outlook. I'm Craig Blumenshine from Wyoming PBS, and it's our pleasure to be joined by the governor of the state of Wyoming, Governor Mark Gordon, for our annual one-on-one conversation. Governor, welcome back to Capital Outlook. Oh, it's wonderful to be here, Craig. It's been an interesting year, Governor, as the state has gotten back on its feet from the pandemic. We've got a lot to talk about in the year past, and also we're going to look forward just a little bit. But Governor, if I could, I'd like to start with your view of the state's economy. It seems to me that Wyoming is struggling maybe just a little bit in finding its way to diversification. It's been talked about for a decade or more, as you well know. And current statistics from the U.S. Department of Labor and Statistics have Wyoming near the bottom of new job creation, pretty much from summer to present day as we speak today. Here in Cheyenne, a little different. Job markets hopping, but for the rest of the state, maybe not the same. What's your view, Governor, on Wyoming's economy relative to diversification as we start our discussion today? Well, and Craig, I think you you make a good point. This is a, a goal for many generations. I can remember back to uh, governor Sullivan, I can remember uh, Governor Geringer, all, all of these governors that have tried to, to bring diversification. I, I think Wyoming has always uh, reacted uh, to difficult times by having a good view of the future. And I think that's what's happening right now. We haven't seen that many jobs uh, that have been created recently. And a large part of that is just sort of the devastating sort of one after another impact First, the Saudi-Russian oil war that knocked out uh, oil production. Then uh, COVID, which sort of decimated the entire country's economy. And then you have an administration uh, in this administration, the Biden administration, that single-mindedly has been about slowing down fossil fuel development, eliminating if at all possible. And that's just wreaked havoc, I think, with Wyoming's normal economy. On the upside, uh, this year we saw record numbers for uh, tourism. We saw uh, good prices for uh, agricultural products. We started to see more entrepreneurial effort uh, to try to build uh, more meatpacking capacity uh, and some new enterprises. And then on the horizon, and these are the things that I think are a little slower in evolving, we have seen a tremendous number of trust companies that have started to relocate to Wyoming. 
we see with uh, the, the work we've done with blockchain, uh, that there are some new industries uh, that, are, that are starting to charter their enterprises here. Uh, that'll take a little longer to develop, but, but I do think we are rounding a curve and I think we're, our economy will start to improve. Do you anticipate that this is a second, third, fourth quarter 2022 thing that we should see these statistics improve and Wyoming lift itself out of the bottom of these national numbers because governor COVID affected every state in the country. Absolutely. These ex extractive industry problems have been our Achilles heel. Is that what the state should expect? Yeah, I think it's gonna take a little longer than, than uh, fourth quarter 22, but I do believe during 22, we're gonna to start to see steady growth. Uh, you know, I recently was up in Casper College and spoke a lot with what we're talking about with our Wyoming Innovation Partnership. And it is about growing lots of little businesses. Uh, it's about making Main Street whole again. N none of these are intended to sort of change our job perspective uh, from having, you know, one industry that's going to employ everybody. It's about getting lots of little businesses started, getting our main streets going, making sure that those, those communities are whole. And that way, in the natural business cycle, if we have one business fail that has six or seven employees, that's a lot different than having something we've put a tremendous amount of money in and it's you know, brought in 200 jobs and that disappears the way it did uh, for Casper with their call center. So we're looking really across the spectrum and it is diversification. Uh, that diversification of the economy is one thing I think we can do. Diversification of the revenue streams for Wyoming is another question. Governor, that's the perfect segue that I want to visit with you next about. I think many people in Wyoming still might not understand the revenue component of state government from the aspect of how energy still carries the day. In fact, we're showing our viewers a chart now, and I want to um, give the chart to you. And you've, you, you testified about this chart in front of the Joint Appropriations Committee when you were presenting your budget about the dollar value and services Wyoming folks get, me, my friends, and my neighbors, the value of those services based on the value that we pay. What don't Wyomingites understand about the chart that they're looking at? Well, what, what you see here is what a, a family, I believe it's now of four, uh, pays annually in, in taxes. And uh, it's around $3,700. Uh, and, and for the services they get back, they, they actually receive about 28,000, uh, a little bit more than $28,000. That you money comes that. from? And you can see the breakdown. It comes from the mineral sector. Our tax structure, and in, indeed, and I'll actually put it a little bit further than that, uh, you know, we have severance taxes, royalties, uh, bonus payments that come from oil, uh, coal and gas, uranium, some trona, um, and, and those all make up the bulk of, of our revenue. Now, sales and use tax uh, this year was pretty good, uh, but sales and use tax makes another big piece of that. But that, too, is leveraged by the prospects of our mineral industry. When we have coal mines that are up and running and buying new coal trucks and things like that, our sales and use tax goes up. 
Right now, we see a little bit of a bump because some of the wind farm activity is also contributing to sales and use. But people in Wyoming don't understand really what a good deal they have. Now, I know people will say, but we pay so much in federal taxes. We're still heavily, heavily taxed. There's no reason why you, know, you should even show this chart. It's, it's, not, it's not correct. But the fact remains, Wyoming's mineral producers pay the bulk of the taxes in Wyoming, and in fact, enough so that they set aside a tremendous amount of our savings. And you and I have talked about those over the years, the Permanent Mineral Trust Fund, the Common School. Um, these are all funds that have, for the most part, been buttressed by mineral and extractive industries. Uh, so Wyoming really does depend a substantial amount on our ability to have a viable industry. So you wrote this in your budget letter to the Wyoming legislature. You presented what I'll call and what people are calling a flat budget. I think you would agree with that. You said this, you said, today's good fortune that you just talked about is a reprieve, but it's not a solution to our budget stability. That is correct. Governor, what's the answer? So what's the answer? Well, I think the, the answer is that we're gonna have to diversify and look much more carefully at our revenue streams. Wyoming's constitution has some provisions uh, that, that govern local tax structures. Uh, and um, indeed, uh, Wyoming has always been a low tax state. When we diversify economically, uh, we can't take advantage necessarily. And this is in fact, one of the problems we saw with some of the en enterprises that we looked at, uh, you know, up in the Northwest part of the state. It wasn't associated with the, the mineral extraction industry. So while we could have a wonderful, in that case, a particular drug company that had been in Wyoming for some time, uh, the kids that worked uh, for the, the kids that were the children of families Family that worked there were getting an education in Wyoming, but their parents and the industry wasn't having to pay the taxes to carry that burden. So we've sort of put ourselves at a disadvantage. And I also think it doesn't give us many tools to be able to attract new industry to the state. Just about a week ago, I was talking with Micron Micron has a chip, chip manufacturer mm -hmm. yeah, in, in Boise and talking about what does it take to uh, consider bringing chip manufacture to a place like Wyoming. So there are a couple of key ingredients to that. Obviously, you gotta have the materials to make it, but helium is what you absolutely have to be able to have a great source of in order to build those chips. Wyoming has a lot of helium. We have about 20% of the world's capacity. So it made sense to me that we could figure out how to bring the industry here. Their comment was, well, what are you gonna do for us? And I said, well, you don't have to pay any taxes. And they said, so what are you gonna do for us? Um, and, and it is interesting as you go to other states, there are tax incentives that they can provide there are ways that they can uh, do local tax. Uh, that, that's in fact what Texas has done. There is one revenue option that has been discussed by one committee of the legislature, and that's a fuel tax, a 15 cent per gallon fuel tax. Governor, where do you stand on that? Well, I think um, first off, I need to see what the legislation is when it, when it finally Sounds comes. Sounds pretty simple to me. Well, I, I, I understand <laughs> that, but so let me, let me let me say this about that. Um, 
My view is that Wyoming has suffered a number of shocks. You know, I just went through the three that really sort of brought us to our knees. Um, we're, we're just beginning to recover. We have inflation at the highest rate it's been, uh, you know, 6.8% third quarter. Now it's sort of a national trend. We're seeing a lot more inflation coming on board. Um, I, I'm not confident that uh, that tax is really what we need to pursue at this juncture. Governor, I want to talk about vaccinations. You have actively um, and strongly argued, and I think the state su supports you in the argument, that um, you oppose vaccine mandates. Um, and you've had success, I think, in having, through your attorney general, arguments um, that have um, been successful. However, Wyoming is at the bottom of vaccine um, rates. When you step back, Governor, and now with the Omicron, Omicron variant coming our way, What's on your mind about that? Well, let me make it clear. Both Jenny and I have been vaccinated. We've had the booster. We take the precautions that are necessary. I've always said that it's a personal choice and it's certainly the responsibility that I grew up with as a Republican. And I feel very strongly about that. I think mandates um, never really work all that well. I've been really devastated by seeing the numbers of deaths climbing and, uh, and, and I have been uh, concerned uh, about uh, our, our people and particularly our kids as, a, as, as, this year, as this year develops. And I think all of us thought, if you remember, you know, we're gonna be over in 10 days, we're gonna be over next winter, it's gonna be when it's cold, when it's hot, you know, there's all kinds of theories of when it's over. And I think we know that we're gonna to have to live with, with COVID for the, next, um, for the next several years. Omicron uh, obviously introduces a new element. You worried about that. it? I am worried about it. I'm worried about it because Wyoming thrives a lot on our tourist uh, industry. Uh, it's probably fortuitous in a way that this isn't coming in the summer height of tourist travel. Um, we don't know uh, exactly how successful the vaccine is against the Omicron variant. It seems to be spreading very, very rapidly. Uh, there is some conversation that it's not as serious, but I think all of these diseases are serious and we still need to take our, the precautions that we, that we can. My hope has been that uh, people would realize this is not about politics. This is about the health of our citizenry. This is about taking responsibility for our neighbors. Uh, and from the beginning, that's been the message that I've tried to, to uh, stand up. My concern is that uh, it's perceived to somehow be valiant to, um, uh, you, you know, to to really push back against uh, the, the politics of this, but the argument really isn't about politics. I think it's about personal responsibility, personal choice. I wanna stay on the politics subject if we can, Governor, and talk about civility just a little bit. Senator Fred Baldwin posted this today, about an hour ago on his social media page, and I asked him for, for permission if I could talk about this with you tonight. He quoted this, he said, he's generally worn down from the anger, name calling, misinformation and conspiracy theories and lack of goodwill towards men generally um, are growing dominant on all social media and in society generally that he's experiencing. 
You and I both know Senator Baldwin about one of the kindest people you'll meet and an effective senator. What's happening in our state here, Governor? It, it is um, one of the most disturbing things to me. Uh, to, I, I, I understand when uh, people are angry. I understand when they're scared. Uh, I understand that you know we lash out from time to time. But when it becomes the currency of conversation, this incivility, this you know, kind of bully uh, approach to trying to intimidate uh, others. Um, it's not the Wyoming I grew up in. It's not the Wyoming that, that I love and, and that I want our children and our grandparents to, to grow. And, you know, our, I, I, I really struggle with what my dad would have thought um, about that language. And most importantly, I worry a lot about uh, what, what's the message we're giving our kids. America is the shining city on the hill. That's what Ronald Reagan said. You, you know, George Herbert Walker Bush talked about um, you know, compassionate conservatism. These are the things, the values that I think are most important. It is really sad to me that, uh, that, that, that we have devolved into sort of name calling and anger and rancor. Um, we've, we've certainly felt a lot of that. You told me a year ago when we talked that Republicans have a big tent in Wyoming, you hoped. And I would assert maybe that's not as true today. Maybe you would disagree with me. But I ask you in the context of the Republican Party, who, of course, we all know, voted to no longer rep recognize Representative Liz Cheney as a member of the Republican Party. What was your reaction when you saw they did that? One of the most conservative members of the House. Right. No, no I think that's, uh, I, I think uh, <laughs> that has certainly been her um, background. I mean, she certainly, uh, been a very, very conservative. Her dad was conservative. Um, and to me, I was, I was really disappointed that uh, the, the, the party would step out like that. Uh, and, and um, you know, as I say, I think people are disappointed by uh, Liz Cheney's vote on the, on the 6th of January. Um, were you? You know, I thought at that point, uh, Craig, that um, the issue had been resolved, uh, that um, there was uh, really no reason to uh, kind of proceed. I think your vote, she took it in good confidence uh, in her mind, and I think that was that was her prerogative. That's why I think people voted her into office. Um, I don't think I would have done the vote the same way, um, but I wasn't there. Um, and uh, you know, to me, uh, we had an election. The voters had spoken. I mean, there's some still some questions about whether they spoke correctly or whether we counted correctly or whatnot. But but to me. That issue had been resolved, and it was time for our country to get back on the horse and start moving forward. Well, that's, I guess, the way I grew up. Um, 
So you, um, in your budget, back to your budget, if I could briefly, sure. made a well-founded argument. It's time to up state employee salaries, and I want to ask you about re- colas for retirees. Not because I'm becoming one of them, Governor. <laughs> and my wife's with us today. I haven't told her that public um, sector employees are scheduled for their first COLA since 2009 in the year 2046, because that's when that fund is, is set to be solvent. Why not also uplift the Wyoming retirement system to support COLAs for the state's retirees at this time? Well, it's been a, a discussion that's gone on for some time. And, and, and I, um, having participated at the treasurer's level uh, with, with the retirement system. It's an system, annual report every year. And, and what I've really worked on has been to get it uh, in, in better circumstances. As you know, a few years back, uh, Wyoming's retirement fund was not as, as, as well situated. I recognize, and and I particularly recognize in light of the fact that uh, we have uh, a national policy which has not done, has kept interest rates incredibly low, that anyone living on a fixed income is really having to deal with some challenges. And now, of course, we have inflation uh, over the top of that. I think it's prudent that we look carefully. I know that the retirement system is, anxious to retain their funded level. And we've worked very hard to make sure that states and and, uh, retirees know that we can pay the obligations we have. One more budget question and then we'll have to wrap things up. And it has to do with the school foundation program, Governor. And and there are still some long-term projected deficits in the program, not as big as those deficits were projected a few years ago or just as recently as a couple years ago. But still, the legislative stabilization reserve account will have to backfill to the tune of 90 plus million dollars in this biennium. Um, You don't have direct control over that, but you have um, the ability to guide discussion about it. What have you talked about with legislative leadership and school leadership about the need to um, take a look at what the school foundation program is costing the state and its ability to have revenue to support it. Well, ever since I've been governor and probably for a few years while I was treasurer, uh, this state's conversation about education has always revolved around funding. Are we, are we compelled to fund education at whatever uh, you know, our consultants tell us we have to fund it or do we just raise taxes uh, to, to do that or uh, do we cut education uh, and make it more accountable, you know, whatever the phraseology is. But uh, the discussion has always been around how much does it cost and how do we fund it? What we've done is to take a look, and I've put a group together we call the RIDE, um, which has a number of citizens uh, that are tasked with, let's go look at the schools, talk to the schools, talk to the parents, talk to the industries in these communities and find out what is it that we really expect our schools to deliver to our kids. Not in the context of is it too expensive? In fact, that's not even supposed to be part of the conversation. It's just 
What do you think our students ought to be learning? Is this a basket of goods conversation, so to speak? Well, it could eventually turn into something like that. It's not intended to be. This is intended not, it's intended to just be an organic conversation about what is it we really want our schools to do and, and, and be able to deliver for our, our students. Um, there is that whole conversation about basket of goods, and of course, that's what drives the funding mechanism. So I, I tried to say, let's not worry about basket of goods. So what are you learning? They're going to issue a report, and I gave them over a year to do this, because in the context of an election year, there's obviously going to be a certain amount of uh, edge to that conversation. I'm going to be very interested to see what they come out with in the fall of 2022. Uh, and I'm very anxious to, to hear the conversations that come from that, uh, because I do think that there is more to education than how much does it cost, more to education than are our teachers accountable or tenured or not. There, there is a lot to talk about. Maybe the way we craft our you know, days in school or our years in school, that needs to be examined. I really wanted them to take an organic look without, without constraints to the people of Wyoming and say, how are we going to do this? Are there different ways that we can deliver this uh, education? Speaking of elections, Governor, when are you, when are you going to announce your re-election bid? Well, I think when the time is, is, is right, and I think right now I have a job to do. Uh, and that's exactly what I'm focused on. I'm focused on this budget. I'm focused on delivering what uh, is, I think the people of Wyoming expect me to do. We need to get through a legislative session. I think this is gonna be a very complicated legislative session. I think people are still raw from uh, the, the special session. I think uh, redistricting is gonna be a huge issue. The budget's obviously big. This one we have with a special layer of frosting of ARPA funds over the top. And then I'm sure there'll be other issues that show up. So my, my attention and everything about this is on getting this job done the way people in Wyoming expect me to. My top of my list for 2022 resolutions for Wyoming are that, is that what you're telling me? Doesn't have anything to do with what might happen in August or November, Governor? My resolution for 2022 in this, in this office is to try to bring as much um, civility and respect to our conversations about the future of Wyoming as I possibly can. Uh, I think that's gonna be a, a very important feature of this year. If we can respect one another, if we can have a good conversation, the way Wyoming has always faced adversity, we will, uh, we will, we will thrive. Um, so that's my top list. Uh, I, I want to do the best job I can for the people of Wyoming. I want to see our economy robust. I want to see kids wanting to stay in Wyoming. I want to see families saying, Wyoming, that's the place I want to move to because that's where I want my kids to be. I was stunned yesterday when President Seidel said that 70% of the University of Wyoming graduates go out of state. I did not realize that number was that high, so I hope your, your resolution comes true. Well, and I, you know, Craig, on that note, part of what we're doing with RIDE and part of what we're doing with our, with our WIP initiative, which is our higher education initiative, is, is to really talk about how are, are these working on keeping people here? 
Um, are they working to build businesses that attract people? Uh, so, you know, we're trying to put some metrics in on exactly that point. And I hope your civility goal goes down to city council meetings, to county commissioner meetings, to school board meetings, and a, a, across the uh, realm of, of politics. And I'm governor, I really do. So what are your holiday plans? What are you and the first lady going to be doing? How are you going to celebrate that? Well, we have, we have grandkids, and, and uh, one of them is... Uh, just a little bit over three years old. So this is gonna be a Christmas that is gonna be very special. We're gonna spend a portion of it with them. And then I think we're gonna go back to the ranch and, and uh, kind of catch up a little bit with cows. And uh, we may take off and, and uh, go do a little, a little cross country skiing or something somewhere in the Bighorns or maybe over uh, you know, in, in uh, Yellowstone or something like that. Well, Governor, to you and your staff and to the First Lady and her staff, I want to thank you personally. It's been a pleasure to visit with you and to work with you. And I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Well, Craig, the honor is mine. It has always been a pleasure to talk to you. And, uh, and, and your investment in Wyoming, your experience uh, with the Wyoming Chronicle and all that you know is something that I've always appreciated. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, Governor, for joining us on Capital Outlook. Thanks. This program is supported in part by a grant from the BNSF Railway Foundation, dedicated to improving the general welfare and quality of life in communities throughout the BNSF Railway Service Area. Proud to support Wyoming PBS.